from the Tanglewood Studios on the Skynet Global Network. This is Go6 Sports Radio. Happy Friday and welcome to the show, the Go6 Sports Radio podcast getting you ready for an incredible weekend full of sports. We're going to tell you where to watch. We're going to tell you what to look for. And primarily, this week, this is an NFL preview. This is this is basically what the show is. I got Owen Waslinger joining me in the studio. Got a little talk show going, sports talk show going today, O. And, uh, you know, like I said, primarily NFL weekend, you know. I mean, everything else takes a back seat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big weekend in, uh, for the NFL. You know, Saturday and Sunday are going to be um, big playoff games. Uh, you know, some teams making the playoffs for the first time in a few years here. So it'll be a really fun, exciting weekend for football fans. And, you know, as we get into it, we'll, let, let's cover a little bit. First of all, if you're listening to this, you're listening on probably Apple Podcasts or Google Play or at the Anchor app. So tell your friends about the Go 6 Sports Radio podcast. Uh, they can find it on any of those podcast platforms. And if they go to the Anchor app, they can actually leave a message for me or us. And if there's an interesting take or a question or a comment, I'll incorporate that right into the show and and we'll do that. Um, Can also follow on Twitter, FrozenRope8. And, you know, Owen, as always, at the end of this, we're going to have an update on America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team and you know who that is the Saco Bay Sharks Saco Bay Sharks of, yep. of course so um we'll do that at the end but for now uh some of the peripheral backseat sports this weekend NBA MLB for sure college basketball um even college football is a little bit of a backseat to super wild card weekend I mean I'm having a little bit easier time getting into the NBA than I am college because I just feel like I can't believe that college is actually going to finish the season college basketball you know yeah I know I know you you, we've been talking about that and you know some teams are luckily still playing Um, I know John Rothstein the college basketball insider posts weekly about which teams are uh, on the COVID list and which teams are resuming practice who which programs have been paused so I mean I saw Drake um, University is 13-0. and 0. They've been lucky to play 13 games where teams in the Northeast Conference like Mount St. Mary's has only played three or four games. They're getting back into it this week, but I saw the NCAA just came out with the uh, NCAA tournament is going to be held in Indiana. So throughout Indiana, there are going to be games, so that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I, I see- did get into it a little bit the other night, Tuesday night. UConn just happened to hear they were on. We, You and I put them on. And they came back from 18 points down to beat Marquette. Number one, glad to see they're back in the Big East. Um, it's still kind of difficult. But I did get into a little bit, you know, the other night college basketball. But the NBA a little bit more. I've said before in this podcast, there's more star power in the NBA. The problem with the NBA, though, is if there's you have a couple stars on a team and one or two of those guys is hurt, it's boring to me to watch, you know, so we'll see what happens. The Knicks hopefully will be on the rise. You know, they're a team that the NBA needs them to be good. Um, yeah. If they're good, that's good for the NBA. So um, good NBA stuff. Major League Baseball, there's going to be pretty soon, you know, some teams are going to be having to be making some movement. I yeah, mean, I, think, I think I saw on Twitter Steve Cohen and the Mets offered – George Springer on the realm of five years, $150 million, I think it was. But the two teams that Springer has come down to are the Mets and the Blue Jays. So, I mean, as Steve Cohen, I mean, as a Mets fan, I don't see why the Mets can't get Springer here. Steve Cohen is the richest owner in baseball. Just give him the money he wants. And I don't know. I mean, I don't even know where Toronto's going to play this year. Yeah, right. I mean, who knows where they're going to play. George Springer being from the Northeast, it'd be nice for his parents to go watch him and some friends from UConn. I can't imagine he'd choose Toronto. I mean, the Nick, the the Mets would really have to be an organization, kind of like the Jets are now, where some guys might not want to come to the Jets because of the front office, because of the coaching situation, that kind of thing. The Mets are not in that kind of a situation. The Mets are in a really good situation. So, you know, in Springer's mind, it's probably not even a thing, but 
they're floating it out there as a thing for leverage for a better contract from the yeah. Mets. And that's fine if he's doing that. Um, but you're right. If he ends up with the Mets, family, friends are going to be able to go see him regularly. And I'm sure that's important to him. He seems like a family guy, um, of course, from Connecticut. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, as, but, you, as you just said, the Mets are power-ranked eighth as the latest power rankings last week. So they put him at eighth in the major leagues. Um, that's pretty good. They're on the rise. You know, they missed the playoffs in the COVID year, but re-signed Syndergaard. They uh, got Stroman back, and they're looking to sign a few more guys. So I think New York's the place to be for baseball guys, and they might steal LeMahieu while they're at it. Yeah, the, the that's something to look forward to. You know, if you we talk about TV a lot and what channels to watch things on here. If you have the MLB network, that's going to be something to watch pretty soon here because college football will be over. The NFL is going to be winding down. But uh, the MLB network is something to pay close attention to because they'll have all of the uh, off-season movement and trades and free agent signings and things like that. So, you know, looking forward to hopefully spring training gets off when they say it will in February and we have a good baseball season. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit, or actually a lot about the college football national championship Monday night. If you think or know you had COVID-19, you can be around others after 10 days since symptoms first appeared and after 24 hours with no fever without fever reducing medication and after other symptoms have improved. If you have tested positive for COVID-19 and you had no symptoms, you can be around others 10 days after you got tested for COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. Okay, so Alabama and Ohio State, number one Alabama versus number three Ohio State, the college football playoff championship Monday night, and, you know, a classic blue blood matchup, Alabama-Ohio State. The games at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida, and kickoff scheduled for 8 o'clock, and you can find that on ESPN. And I'm sure ESPN... If you check your listings, I'm sure they're going to have a college game day show at some point prior to that game. They'll have all kinds of buildup, and it is being hammered on all the networks, like Freeform, yep. uh, which is part of ABC, and uh, ABC and ESPN, all owned by Disney. Freeform's going to have some yeah, kind of a Disney special. Disney Plus has ESPN Plus, too. ESPN Plus, ESPN 2. They're going to have all kinds of different um, ways to present the game to you. But the main viewing is on ESPN. But you want to see an overhead cam, you check into one of those channels. You want to see guys in a studio analyzing the game. Um, for me, it'd be, it would be cool to have like three or four TVs and see each of those things going on at the same time. So I usually always end up with the regular broadcast of the game. Yeah, I like, But I check I like in on those one. things. I like the normal broadcasts, you know, regular hearing the guys commentate. Um, but like... But like you said, you can get the, the side view, the drone view over the top. But I'm excited for this one, and I'm excited for the regular overhead view on ESPN. I mean, on ESPN, yep. It, there's already controversy, though. You know, we're hearing that Ohio State has reached out. They want to potentially postpone the game uh, or delay the game a few days because of COVID. Of course, Alabama fans are up in arms, and a lot of speculation that Ohio State is trying to buy some time for Justin Fields, who may have broken ribs. Who knows? Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. But um, So we'll see. In my opinion, they got to play the game. Colleges and universities have dealt with COVID all year long, and they've played when they've had COVID cases. They've played when they've been missing a bunch of guys. And, 
you know, if, if it happens to Ohio State, too bad. I don't know what to say. I mean, we want to see both teams at full strength, but, you know, if they can't keep everybody healthy, they got to play the game Monday night, though. Yeah, especially, like you said, during the COVID season. I mean, Ohio State uh, played five fewer games than Alabama, so they've had enough time. Um, they had a really short season, as some thought they might not deserve to get into the playoffs, but obviously they deserved it and they should be here. But, you know, they've had time to rest their guys, and, uh, you know, someone in Alabama like Jalen Waddell might come back for this one, and if they postpone it, um, he's definitely going to come back. So uh, if Justin Fields came back to play in that game against Clemson, um, I think he'll be fine, ready to go. I haven't seen any injury report from him. I don't think they want to come out with that until the championship's over. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think thrilled. they're gonna. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna let us know. We'll find out later what actually really happened to him. My theory is that they shot him up with cortisone when he got hurt, because there's no way you take a hit like that. And there's no way you're wincing on the sidelines just trying to get on an exercise bike. He's wincing. And then a couple plays later, he was just handing the ball off. And he was just handing the ball off. But then suddenly, miraculously, he threw the ball, you know, 50 yards downfield and and not even a wince. Yeah. So they definitely shot him up with something. And but that wears off. And if you have broken ribs, you have broken ribs. They don't go away. It doesn't make, you know, a cortisone shot doesn't make the broken ribs go away. Now, they could potentially make him comfortable for the championship game and and we'll see what happens but there is speculation that they're trying to you know avoid playing Monday night to buy some more time yeah everyone knows it's not it's not the COVID issue for them it's really getting Justin Fields healthy and I think I think he'll be fine and ready to go on Monday night you know he played in the second half the trainers are going to do what they did to him his adrenaline will be going in the championship game and I think he'll be fine he's going to have a a long time off until he plays his first game in the NFL so I, th- I think Monday night should be a fine time to play for both teams. Yeah, I hope so. And, and listen, for me, it's my favorite sport to watch on TV. It's the pinnacle of the college football season, which we didn't think we'd get to. And it's amazing. And it, and it should be a really good game. Ohio State's way yeah. better than I thought they were. They have a they good were. defense. Yeah. They're, yep. they're, they're way better than I thought they were. And, um, you know, they handed it to Clemson. And you said it the other day, though. Clemson does not have nearly, and Trevor Lawrence does not have nearly the weapons that Alabama and Mac Jones have. And that's going to be, you know, it's one thing to guard some of those guys, uh, some of those receivers against Clemson. It's an entirely different ball game when you're talking about the... The, the tide. It's an entirely different beast when you talk about Alabama. I mean, Clemson, you take Travis Etienne out of the game, and their offense comes down a lot. You know, ETN, kind of like a Camara-type running back, is a good catching back as well, and he is Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy. They do have some receivers and some decent tight ends, but you take ETN out of the game, like Ohio State did, and you're going to come away on top. Plus, Ohio State pulled out a lot of nitty-gritty tricks. Ryan Day's a really good head coach in his first few years, but Alabama, they have three really good number one receivers, along with Najee Harris, and it's going to be it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Like like you said, Ohio State's got a good defense, but Alabama's different beast offensively. Yeah, uh, Ohio State twelve and zero. Sorry, Alabama twelve and zero. Ohio State seven and zero, and Ohio State really put to rest any doubts of people saying, including me, that they shouldn't be in the playoff. Um, but it's definitely, like you said, trending towards a shootout and maybe an instant classic. The spread on the game is Alabama minus seven and a half, and the over/under is seventy-five and a half. I think that's high. It's it, that that seems high to me. I would lean towards taking the under. I think yeah, we might be surprised that these defenses buckle down. Sometimes in a championship game, it also takes teams a little while to get rolling. I could see a low-scoring first quarter. Um, that would kind of inhibit that 75.5 over under, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Alabama um, has been is two and two in previous title games, um, and you know they they have been there. They've they've won it. Things to watch for this game, like we said, Justin Fields. How how's he going to be? I mean, it's going to be hard for him, Owen, to top. His performance. Yeah, he in, won't. In I, don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think it's going to be um, more of a running running game for both teams. 
you know, Trey Sermon, better than I thought he was actually, had a really good game against Clemson, but Najee Harris rushing for almost 1,400 yards this year. Yeah, I think people are going to expect it to be a, um, a ball-in-the-air type game with both teams have pretty good receivers, Garrett Wilson and Ohio State and Chris Olave. And then, as we talked about, Alabama has a few good wide receivers. So I'm going to lean on the running backs in this one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, guess what? If, if uh, not Sertain, Sertain is a cornerback for, for um, Ohio State who will have his hands completely full, both, by the way. Both cornerbacks, if not a third, yeah. safety. But Trey Sermon, the running back for Ohio State, has had two amazing games in a row. Yep. And can he do it against Alabama is the question. Because if they can't run the ball, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Uh, both teams need to be able to run the ball. Alabama with Najee Harris, they need to they need to run the ball as well. I think they're a little bit more talented and a little bit more balanced. Najee Harris, John Mechie, Waddle if he comes back, and of course Devontae Smith. Mac Jones is pretty. You know, the one thing here is that Mac Jones has a little bit less experience than Justin Fields yeah. in big big games, but. When you're the quarterback of Alabama, I guess every game you play is big. So we'll see. I mean, I, I like Alabama. I love how well they're coached. I'm going to be rooting for the Tide. I think they're a little bit better overall. I think if both teams play their best games, Alabama wins it. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm going to harp on the running game. If you can have a strong running game, it opens up the wide receivers there. They might put more guys in the box. Um, Trey Sermon, I really like him the last two games. Kind of breaking out this year after he was behind J.K. Dobbins the last few years. So um, Najee Harris is going to run the ball well. If they both teams run the ball, open up wide receivers, you know, I could see Alabama winning this one with the better receivers and probably a better defense. But I like a high-scoring game in this one. I, I would like to see the Buckeyes win, but we'll see Monday night. Yeah, I mean, one of the keys is going to be, I think, scoring touchdowns and getting scoring touchdowns offensively, and if you're on defense, getting off the field on third down. If you can force the other team here to kick a field goal instead of a – I mean, Alabama is 48 of 62 in their red zone visits. Yeah. And conversely, the Buckeyes only allowed 15 TDs and 23 trips by their opponents. So that's going to be a key. Red zone conversion, do you get field goals or yep. do you get – touchdowns that's what lost Ohio State uh, the game last year against Clemson they settled for a few red zone field goals uh, against a Crimson Tide you can't be doing this you got to score in the red zone and that's how they're going to win if they don't score in the red zone they're not going to win no I agree with you I think it's I think it will end up be high scoring as we know Vegas is usually 99% of the time right on the money and I think it'll be a close game I think that um, it'll be high relatively high scoring right at the number 75 and a half and I think that uh and I, I I'm rooting for and I also think that Alabama will win in a close one like 37 30 or 37 34 something like that yeah I don't see a blowout for sure I I see it you know being within a one one two score game maybe a 10 point 10 point spread but yeah I think it'll be a close one probably in the 30s for each team I'd probably take the under 75 like you said but um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting game, and it's gonna be a close one. There's no not gonna be a blowout. I guarantee that. Yeah, and and uh, like we said, Monday night. Let's hope it it goes off as planned. Monday night, eight o'clock, ESPN. Don't miss it. Even if you're a casual fan of college football, this is the one you gotta watch. You you have to watch this. If you're a sports fan, period, you gotta watch this. These are this year the two best teams who are really talented and both teams are well coached so really you couldn't you couldn't ask for much more and it should be a good one when we return to the go six sports radio podcast what we're here for everything you want to know about the nfl this weekend as we enter super wild card weekend three day three games saturday three games sunday it's going to be something to 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 really watch so when we come back we'll talk about that we are strong we are resilient and we will get through this together but these are stressful times and it's important to also practice good self-care it's normal to feel overwhelmed anxious or afraid but there is hope 
Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, welcome back. As you know, we mentioned before, you can hear us in any podcast platform. Follow us at Frozen Rope 8 on Twitter. Tell your friends about it. And every week on Friday, we're trying to get you ready for the weekend. And this is the place to find out what you should be watching, where you should be watching, and what to look for. Big NFL weekend. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be really, really exciting to watch this weekend, January 9th and 10th, Wild Card Weekend. There's a bunch of teams that are playing for a third time this season. There's some teams like the Buffalo Bills who haven't made the playoffs in a long time. So a lot of good teams made the playoffs this year. They're all deserving of it. So we'll get right into it, um, where the games are going to be broadcasted, what time, and when. So we'll start with the Saturday games. Saturday games, January 9th. Colts at Bills, 105 CBS. All these games are going to be nationally televised, so it doesn't matter where you live. Rams at Seahawks, 440 on Fox. Buccaneers at the Washington football team, 815 on NBC Saturday night. So those are the Saturday games. They're all going to be nationally televised. On Saturday, we'll just get right into it. The Colts at the Bills at 105. The Colts, as a wild card, were 11 and five. Pretty, wouldn't you say? Pretty interesting for a wild card to make it in at 11 and five. They could have, with a win and a Tennessee loss, they would have won the division and just flip spots. I thought, I thought the Colts were one of the better teams in the NFL all year long. And yeah. the reason I thought that is because I said it to you before. If Philip Rivers can minimize mistakes. He doesn't have to throw it all over the lot because they have a good running game and they have a good defense. Yeah. And I could see if they're pretty conservative with him and, and he knows how to be conservative. He's an experienced quarterback. They could be trouble. They could be a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I would say they're one of the better wild cards I've seen in a long time. So Buffalo is the two seed at 13-3. and three. They won the AFC East. Uh, pretty dominant performance by them. And I can put Josh Allen MVP candidate. I have him up there as MVP. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he's been he's been very consistent. Ten interceptions. Um, another interesting part about this game on Saturday at one o five is Buffalo is allowing fans. Seventy five hundred fans are allowed to be in Buffalo this weekend. You know, you you've said it. You've been to Buffalo yourself. Does that make a difference for them? They're passionate, uh, and I'm telling you, it will not surprise me in the least if 7,500 fans sound like 20,000 fans. I mean, they are, if anybody saw when they clinched the division title, when they came home uh, at the airport, I mean, it was like 2 in the morning, and there had to be, you know, thousands of fans out there screaming like crazy. They are passionate. If you've ever been to Buffalo, Buffalo is a you know it's kind of like a little bit in the middle of nowhere people there are buffalo bills fans there there's not too many other fans there well you know and you're in some metropolitan areas you have a mixture you know like connecticut for example you know you have a mixture jets giants um patriots there there's no mixture everybody is a bills fan and the history goes back when they played in four super bowls um it is a great football town yeah you know 
Both teams have top 10 defenses in the NFL. Um, Josh Allen with a breakout year. The two most important things, I think, in this game, though, is T.Y. Hilton um, really broke out in the second half this year. He had five TDs in his last six games, and he's really their true number one. And Buffalo has just signed Kenny Stills uh, to their practice squad, which can complement Stephon Diggs and John Brown. So that's found on CBS at 105 on Saturday. And that, I think, is one of the best games on the slate. I mean, to start off the six games with that one, holy cow. I mean, I'm going to make sure I get everything I need to get done earlier before that because that's one I want to see for sure. Um, And the Colts, like I said, the Colts are tough. I could easily see either of these two teams playing the Chiefs and, and maybe even winning the AFC and heading to the Super Bowl. So, um, that's a really good one to start off with. And especially, like you said, they're going to have fans there. Yeah. And the next game we got at 440 is on Fox Rams at Seahawks. This is a rubber match for both teams. Week 10, the Rams won 23, 16. The Rams got out to a really good start in the first half this year. Uh, and week 16, the Seahawks won 20 to nine. Um, the Rams have been struggling offensively. Uh, Jared Goff, not sure if he's going to play this week. It's a toss-up, and I saw on Twitter that Sean McVay is not going to take any questions and not going to let anyone know who's starting quarterback until it kicks off. Rams are 9-6. and six. They clinched a wild card. Seattle is 12-4. and four. They're the three seed. You know, Russ needs to cook in this one against Seattle's defense, and I think he has weapons offensively. DK Metcalf is one of the best receivers in the league this this year, and and Tyler Lockett compliments him. Two touchdowns last week. Um, Russ has got to cook. This is uh, two of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL this year, and we're going to see which one is going to figure it out. You know, whoever's not going to show up is going home. And yeah. yep. uh, you know, both of these teams have gone deep in the playoffs, and I think Seattle and Russ have a little bit more experience. So I'll, I'll take the Seahawks in this one, but both of these teams need to figure it out. They've been really inconsistent all year. So this is the, you know, the middle game on Saturday, and in my mind, the inconsistent bowl. Yeah, the matchup to watch in this one, these guys shook hands after the last performance. Two really good players, Jalen Ramsey versus DK Metcalf. Both showed each other respect after the last game. Um, Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, along with Metcalf, one of the best receivers. So that's the matchup to look forward in this one. Like I said, again, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Rams. I think it's going to be Goff. But if not, the Rams uh, the Rams are going to have to score somehow. So their defense can't win it for them. Like you just said, it'll be an inconsistent one on Saturday. Sunday night game, a Saturday night game, excuse me, 8-15 on NBC. We have the Buccaneers at the Washington football team. An interesting win for the Washington uh, last Sunday to clinch the division. Super interesting win. And I think this one could be one of those that, you know, we've watched football all day. We watched the preview. We got way into the 1 o'clock game. We got way into the 440 game. And I could see this one being a bore fest. I hope not. I hope Washington can keep it going, keep their – uh, sort of dream season alive uh, with, uh, you know, Riverboat Ron yeah. Rivera overcoming, you know, cancer and with uh, uh, Alex Smith recovering from what looked like a career-ending injury. It's been a really good story, but they're just not good. No, I mean, they didn't really play well outside of the NFC East. Um, in the bewittled NFC East, they, you know, they're 7-9. and nine. They won the division, obviously, with a win against Philadelphia, which was pretty much handed to them. But like you said, they're the story of the year with Riverboat Ron and Alex Smith. Uh, they really do have a good defense, though. Um, they're fifth in pass defense and 14th against the run, led by their rookie Chase Young, who will be rooting for the Bucks this Monday night. Chase Young, he's a beast. I mean, if he couldn't have gotten better, you, you, you know, how much better could he have gotten you know, from Ohio State? And then he's a monster in the NFL. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. His teammates love him. He's got a completely high motor. So if you're bored in that game for any reason, if the Buccaneers start separating themselves, you know, watch Chase Young because he's a guy that could get to Brady. And he's a guy that could finally, you know, hit Brady, you know, enough to, to, you know, shake him up a little bit. Yeah, he said he wanted them after the game. He said he wanted Brady. Uh, Another bright spot for the Washington football team this year has been Antonio Gibson, their rookie running back from Memphis. 
Uh, he's battling turf toe right now. He did play last week. He's expected to play this Saturday night, but he has 11 touchdowns on the year. He was a really good addition to my fantasy team, a really good young running back. Looking on the Buccaneer side, Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. Um, I don't think Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, they're pretty good. They have really good weapons on the offensive side. But like we saw, they played the Saints earlier in the year. Saints beat them 38-3. to um, Evans is questionable to play this weekend. I think he'll go. He's battling a knee injury. Uh, Antonio Brown caught a touchdown last week. But if Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk play, you know, I think that's how— that's plenty weapons for Tom Brady um, to go along with the complimented running backs. Um, Leonard Fournette and uh, forget the other guy's name. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. So Ronald Jones, both yeah. running and, backs. And the one thing Brady, memo to Tom Brady, if he hasn't figured this out after now a full season with Tampa, is his offensive line is, is good. They're pretty good. But they do not protect him like the Patriots protected him. The Patriots protected him as if – they were going to be cut if he got sacked. Yeah. He has gotten hit a lot this year. That's one of the things going into the season I said. Um, and give him credit. I mean, he's had some really good games, but he's had some really bad games when he hasn't been protected. So it'll be interesting. I can't see any way Washington wins that game. But um, And with Tampa in the mix and Tom in the mix, you know, that's good for the NFL because the Super Bowls and they can keep – the media can keep talking about how the Super Bowl's in Tampa, and Tampa's only a couple games away, and Tom's the greatest ever, and all that good stuff. But I think, like you said, ultimately down the road, someone's going to beat. Yeah. Someone will beat them. Yeah, they'll get beat. They'll they'll beat the Washington football game this weekend. The only way they keep it close, like you said, if Tom throws a few picks, and you know, it, it's a uh, like a miracle miracle game for Alex Smith. Maybe he gets Terry McLaurin going. But I see Tampa Bay winning in this one. Um, and another note to add this one, Mike Evans is the first player ever with seven straight 1,000 receiving yards. So it's going to be tough to guard these guys. Moving on to the Sunday games, January 10th. We have Ravens at the Titans, which is a rematch from January 11th of last year in the playoffs. 105 on ABC. Bears at Saints, 440 on CBS. And then the night game on NBC, Browns at Steelers, another rubber match on NBC at 8.15. Just starting off with the Ravens at Tennessee. Baltimore, another wild card winner at 11-5. And, and Tennessee, interchangeable with the Colts at 11-5. They were the division winner. This is a rematch from the 2020 playoffs, January 11th, like I just said. Titans won 28-12 and the infamous Derrick Henry um, throwing touchdown, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting one again. And I know we keep saying this is these are going to be interesting games, and they are. But uh, Tennessee's been a little bit inconsistent, and Baltimore has playing well lately, very well lately. Where's that game? It's in Tennessee. Okay, so, you know, it doesn't matter as much this year without a bunch of fans in the stadium and the stadiums, but I could see uh, the Ravens, Especially their defense is, is very good. They're the top, what, two or three defense in the league? Yeah, second-best defense in the league. Second-best defense in the league. Um, Tennessee is is good. You know, they're solid. They're solid. And if they can run the ball with Derrick Henry, they're going to be in every game. That game's going to be close no matter what. Yeah. But I could see Baltimore coming out on top in that game for sure. Yeah, Baltimore's been playing really well. I saw a stat um, that Lamar Jackson has 34 red zone touchdowns and zero interceptions, so he's limiting his turnovers in general, none in the red zone. Like I said, he's got they got to throw the ball to win the game. That's what's going to happen. Des Bryant is is a bright spot for them, I guess, this year. Yeah. Um, just a few game notes. Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards this year. Um, they also have A.J. Brown, the cousin of Antonio Brown, who is their number one receiver in Tennessee. He has 11 touchdowns on the year. And the Titans, surprisingly, are third in the – league and total team offense at 396 yards per game. So they're not a defense. Their offense is overweighs their defense this year. So um, they're going to lean on Henry like they do every single week and, you know, air it out to A.J. Brown when they want to. Yeah. I mean, again, for them, that's that's what they got to that's what they got to do. And there hasn't really been a game in recent memory where anybody stopped Derrick Henry. 
So if they can run the ball, they they control time of possession. They make some big plays in between. Tannehill has shown that he can make some big plays and, and limit mistakes also. But again, the Ravens are hot. And Lamar, I think, always feels like he's got something to prove. You know, he wasn't yep. playing well early in the year, and people were doubting him. And I think he gets fired up because of that, and he wants to make another run here. Yeah, and I think one of the uh, bright spots in the second half of the season for the Ravens has been their number one receiver, Marquise Brown. Um, he has six touchdowns, sorry, two touchdowns um, in the last three games. So he's been heating up lately. Uh, hasn't didn't score a lot in the beginning of the year, but like I just had two touchdowns in the last three games. He's got to get going. He's a deep ball threat. So that's in Tennessee, and that is at 105 on ABC. The next one I think is— Hey, by the way, uh, Vrabel is a great coach. Yep. He, he is. is. A, he is a great coach. Um, one of the few on the Belichick tree that uh, has done well. So, um, you know, whenever he's in the game, he he, he did—I can't think of what he—I think he went for it on fourth down last week in a critical spot— and was criticized for it because they didn't get it. But he's a good coach. Um, I think he's a better coach than Harbaugh. And if it comes down to coaching, I like Vrabel. And I, but I do. You know what? I can see. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think the Ravens can can win okay. that game. Yeah, especially coming off of last year, and the Ravens did lose to them this year, also. So it's going to be the second time these yeah. two teams have met this year. Uh, moving on to the 4:40 game on CBS: Bears at Saints. I I think this is going to be a blowout. Uh, New Orleans. I don't think the Bears are that good at all. Um, I know Trubisky got benched early in the year. He came back. He's been six and three since he's been back as a starter. He's been playing well, but you know I don't think that they're at the same level as the Saints. And I think this is kind of a big spread in this one. I think I, I think I saw it was ten. I don't know why. I feel the same way about the Bears. I, I think it's going to be a blowout, and I hope it's going to be a blowout. For some reason. The media all year long, it's like they want the Bears to be good, and the Bears are not good, but they want them to be good. You know, somehow we want Trubisky to to be good, and he's not good. Um, yes, he's come back after being benched and and you know played okay, but he's not good. Their defense is so so. I would be absolutely shocked. And, and New Orleans has some of their own issues occasionally, but I'd be absolutely shocked if the Bears won this game. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, Saints I mean, don't even have to play well, and they can beat them. Yeah. I would have rather seen Miami in the playoffs than the Bears. I mean, the Bears are 8-8. Eight and eight. Miami was 10-6, and six and they didn't get in. But the Bears clinched the seventh seed in the wild card. They got David Montgomery, who's the top five in uh, rushing leaders for running backs. But they got the old head Jimmy Graham, who scored eight touchdowns this year, big red zone target. So they're going to have to throw the ball, you know, running backs, wide receivers. The Saints are – I don't think they even have to play that well. They're still going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is the sh- the Saints have shown that they can lay an egg here and there. You know, they, um, for whatever reason, whether they don't prepare well, whether, you know, they're not all on the same page. They have shown in previous years and this year they can occasionally lay an egg. I won't say they're inconsistent because they're not very inconsistent, but, you know, they're capable of, you know, being upset, but I can't. I yeah. can't see it happening. I, the, the Bears are, are, are not good. The difference in New Orleans this year than in past years is they have the fifth fifth best defense in the league this year. You know, as we saw against Tom Brady, uh, November eighth, they beat the Bucks thirty eight to three. Their defense is really, really good, fifth best in the league, and it's better than anything Trubisky has seen all year. Um, they're going to give him different looks, uh, you know, different formations, and I think New Orleans defense just eats in this one. I see two intercept, two or three interceptions for Trubisky, and maybe one touchdown. Yeah, especially he'll definitely turn it over, so for sure. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch, but I think for sure New Orleans. I think you're right. I think that's going to be a blowout. So I think right now um, we'll, we'll get to the 8-15 game on Sunday night in a second between the Browns and the Steelers, but I think the two games to watch so far between Saturday and Sunday is definitely Saturday at 105, Colts at the Bills, and uh, the Ravens at the Titans on Sunday at 105. So both Saturday and Sunday 1 o'clock games have been the two games that have stuck out to me the most. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think if you can't watch all six games, then – you have to the you have to start off with the one o'clock game on Saturday. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people busy with the, whatever they do on the weekends, family stuff, work, you know, whatever. But got to try to get to that game, the one o'clock game. 
Um, and then I agree, the Sunday game as well at 1 o'clock, that's going to be uh, a very competitive game, I think. You know. Yep. So we're getting to the 8-15 game on NBC. Wrapping up Wild Card Weekend on January 10th, the Browns take a trip to Pittsburgh, face the Steelers. Um, like I just said, Sunday Night Football. Browns are 11-5. and five. They they won Week 17. They beat the Steelers to get into the playoffs. And the Steelers are 12-4. and four. They clinched the one seed in the NFC North. So Week 17, this is a rubber match game for both teams. Week 17, like I just said, the Browns beat the quote-unquote JV team for the Steelers. The Steelers benched a lot of their starters. Uh, the Browns won 24-22. But when both teams played head-to-head, everyone going at it, Week 6, the Steelers won 38-7. Some notes just for the Browns so far. They have two players that are on the COVID-19 list for this Sunday will not be available to play along with their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who uh, has had a great year as head coach, led them to 11-5. The Browns are finally in the playoffs, and I feel bad for Stefanski. Not going to be able to coach his team in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel bad for him too. I mean, that's uh, unfortunate, bad timing. Uh, I think the Browns are good, and I'm not – I didn't think the Steelers were great when they were undefeated. Uh, and, and they have barely shown they've, they can turn this thing around, you know, since they were 11 and 0. Yeah. And they're, they're two and four in their last six games, but you know, maybe big Ben took the year off, came back. They were undefeated for a while, but maybe he needs this week off and he'll be ready to go as he didn't play last. That's week. the thing. They're going to be pretty tough on a bye week They're You're, you're playing a team the second time in two weeks. Um, Hopefully, for Pittsburgh's sake, they have all of their players. And um, I, I, I think that that could be a good game, but I could see it being the end of the road for the Browns based on the COVID situation, based on not having their head coach. Nice story. Made the playoffs for the first time in a while. Um, but, I, you know, if the Steelers play well, they should win the game. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 the Browns won 24-22 to uh, last week, like we said against the Pittsburgh JV team. I mean, if Pittsburgh plays their guys, they win that game easily. Um, And they're playing each other again this week. You know, we're big fans of Mike Tomlin, who will be ready to go. Yeah. Um, Great coach in the NFL. Huge fans of Tomlin, yeah. But the the Browns, you know, I think they really rely on, you know, Baker Mayfield being mobile, uh, getting the ball out. And then I think they have the, the best running back tandem in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, two really good guys. You use Hunt in the um, first, you know, swing routes, catching, catching the ball, and uh, Chubb is really their downhill runner. But well, that's a key. If they can run the ball, and I didn't see much of the last week's game, but if they can run the ball, they're going to keep the ball away from Ben and Juju yeah. and Claypool, and you know, keep Pittsburgh's offense off the field. But I will say this: if Pittsburgh can get can get it together and put a good game together, if they can click on all cylinders, they, they and the Colts are the the teams that I would say could beat potentially beat the Chiefs. Yep. You know. Yeah, the Browns have to have to maintain the clock. Chubb ran for two touchdowns last week, but I think the Steelers are the better team. You know, the Browns are good. They're going to be good for a while and Mayfield's a really good quarterback, but you know, they made their playoffs and I think that's that was their big step this year, but I see the Steelers winning this one. The Steelers got to get going. I think they're better than what they've shown the last six games. Well, and like we've seen in, you know, a hundred other playoff seasons, uh, what happens during the regular season, sometimes it matters because if you're not playing well constantly and it kind of carries over into the playoffs and you get beat in the first round or something like that. But if the, if the Steelers are able to win this game and play fairly well, confidence is on the rise, great coach, great offense and if they're able to win this game and play well they're back to that 11 and 0 feeling and yep. feeling like they can beat anybody and i think they make a run for sure if they can not only win this game but play pretty well at doing it i mean all the weapons are there for benny he's got three really good receivers you know uh, a good running back so we'll have to see that's on sunday night at 8 15 but that wraps up wild card weekend saturday january 9th and sunday january 10th so six games on slate um, they're all one o'clock, four o'clock or eight o'clock. So nationally televised, it's a can't miss weekend for uh, sports fans out there. It really is. It's probably the one and only time this is ever going to happen. The playoffs have been put together like this because of COVID. Um, so each league has one 
uh, by team. And so it's the Chiefs in the AFC and the Packers in the NFC. They'll be, those guys will be sitting, relaxing, watching the games with their families or whatever with each other. Um, but this would probably be the only time we'll ever see this wild card weekend, three games each day, which is absolutely insane. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, the viewing public will, will tune in and be entertained all weekend long. Yep. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Saco Bay Sharks. All right, so in keeping with our weekly update, uh, I have had a pretty good week, four and four. Uh, I didn't tell you this, oh, but in the last 25 games, uh, sorry, the last 50 games, the last 50 games, 5-0. Yep. The Saco Bay Sharks, America's favorite and most lovable yep. virtual I, baseball team. I can team. agree with that. PlayStation 4, MLB The Show 20. Yep. Just so everybody knows what we're talking about here. The last 50 games, 25 and 25. Wow. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, ball. I'm 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 overall under 500 by 26 games. Uh, but in the however, last two months you've been playing good ball. Yeah, yeah. 500 been, baseball. Been playing well. You know, shark baseball is you know, and incidentally, you can see some of these clips on Twitter now and then. I'll pop them on there if we have a a big win. Um, but uh, it, it's been pretty consistent. So if for the fans out there, if somebody were to ask you before you play each game, um, your your most popular three keys to the game, like they used to say in college basketball, Dickie V, what would be your three keys to the game if you were, you know, playing tonight or tomorrow against a really good opponent, you know, this week? Good question. So number one would be get off to a good start from a pitching standpoint. One of my Achilles heels is that I'll I'll get the first two outs of the first inning and then maybe walk a guy and 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 let up a home run. And that's just a focus thing. So fo- you know, get off to a good start from a pitching standpoint. Know who whoever I'm pitching what their stuff is like that day. You know, you and I talk yep. about sometimes you'll throw a fastball and you'll dot it right on the corner. But some pitchers have a tendency of their balls to, you know, be like a magnet towards the middle of the zone a little bit. So you got to be aware of that and not make mistakes. Um, And so that would be number one. Get off to a good start pitching-wise. Know my stuff. And get out of that first inning unscathed. You want three up, three down in the first inning. Three up, three down in the first inning. uh, No home runs. That kind of thing. Yep. Um, Second is... Patient at the plate. Patient at the one. plate. That's what makes the game realistic, kind of. For it does. Pitching perspective and hitting perspective is, like you said, you walk the leadoff guy, you, you really might be in trouble. And hitting the ball, you know, a lot of guys have different tendencies. Like we like to say, um, if you're 0-2 on a guy, put a ball in the dirt. So if you if you as a hitter can lay off that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the key with me is is laying off those bad pitches, not chasing balls, getting the pitcher's pitch count up. Because in this game no matter who you're facing, they have to come to you just like in real baseball. If you're in a positive count as a hitter, they have to come to you if they don't want to walk you. And that's how I've turned it around hitting-wise is I'm really seeing the ball really well. doesn't matter who who I'm hitting with. Um, for a while there, Rod Carew, for me, my second baseman and leadoff hitter was just on fire. Now he hasn't hit anything in the probably past 12 or 13 games but you know guys like um Yasmani Grandel my catcher Larry Walker my right fielder Ken Griffey Jr. uh those guys when you get them in positive counts you know they hit much better in that game and I think the game has a sense for when you're deep in counts it starts to favor the hitter a little bit more just like when you're in negative counts it favors the pitcher a little bit more um we talked about the other day throwing low sinkers out of the zone when guys have two strikes and a runner on base because guys will chase that 
your opponents will chase that, and sometimes you can get a ground ball double play that way. So very much like real baseball, but the Sharks are, are you know, five playing 500 ball lately, um, really good. 85 total wins now, so seeking that um, that goal of 100, which I'm sure I'll get before the new one comes out. Oh yeah, you, but the key is just to keep playing 500, be be over 500, and 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 knowing the game really well. Um, but you know that's the second thing you asked about three things, and then the third thing would be be smart on the bases. I mean, the base running is the most challenging thing in MLB 20. And we'll be the show 20. It's very challenging. Always has. It, it's it's really hard. If you're not focused on what you're doing, you run yourself. The other day I tagged too early and it turned into a triple play. And it and it, and it really hurt me in the game. I was down like 3-1 at the time. Um, so, you know, focus on the base running and minimize those offensive mistakes. And th- those would be my three keys. But yep. um, And you got to be focused. It's one of those things you can't play. MLB The Show is not a game you can play, or at least not a game I can play, where I can be doing something else or be distracted. I mean, you really got to focus on what you're doing, uh, which makes it fun, which makes it competitive, and keeps me coming back, you know, every time. So my pitching staff lately, Lefty Grove has been a stud for me, Walter Johnson, um, Trevor Bauer, Adam Wainwright, and uh, I went back to Corey Kluber. He wasn't in my starting rotation. I put him back in rotation, and um, he's a good one. So the Saco Bay Sharks, that's the update. We'll keep plugging along, trying to get that 100th win, but take it one game at a time, and uh, we'll give you an update next week on America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team. So that'll do it for the Go Six Sports Radio podcast. Great to have Owen in the studio. Love the sports talk radio format. We'll probably continue to do that. Um, follow us on any podcast platform and tell your friends about it. Follow us on Twitter at Frozen Rope 8. We'll try to do this thing every week and can't wait to be with you next time.